everybody, welcome to the National Championship edition of UGA Sports Live. I'm your host, Roddy DeVolsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and, of course, Jim Donnan, the former Georgia Hall of Fame coach. But he's still the, he's a former Georgia coach. He's still in the Hall of Fame. They haven't kicked him out yet. They haven't. Uh, <laughs> they, they don't know what I know, but uh, uh, Coach Donnan's with us, and we're very excited to have him on the show. It means a lot to us, and we're excited that you've joined us. Sorry we couldn't have a show last week. Uh, I was kind of sick when I came back from Indianapolis, so um, – and we had a lot to cover, a lot of news going on. So we were really, really slammed last week. But, yes, this is the first show uh, we've had since we got back with Georgia having national title following that uh, 2021 team. So the Georgia, the 2021 national championship team, a great parade the other day. Dane Young was out there at the parade and, uh, the, well, excuse me, procession. Coach, I think you would be interested to know that Georgia is not allowed to call that uh, a parade because for a parade, you need to have uh, a permit. So Georgia had a national title procession down Lumpkin Street through the dog walk and into the stadium. It was a great celebration. Uh, absolute full stadium of people celebrating. Uh, Fanatics has done record numbers in uh, merchandise sales from the Georgia fans. They so uh, Georgia fans bought more in 24 hours than Alabama fans bought last year in 30 days. So an absolute uh, craziness in Athens right now. It's Title Town USA, and Coach, uh, I got to go straight to you. I mean, you told us when before it was in the summer. You said this team can win the title. This is the most talented team. I think I don't say you'd ever seen, but it was definitely one one top, most talented teams you've seen at Georgia. And you called it. You, you've been telling us for years that Kirby Smart was the right guy. You told us that this quarterback could get it done. You told us this defense could get it done. You told us this team could get it done. Sure as hell they did it. So uh, give us your thoughts, Coach. Yeah, I really felt like this summer we had some players that are going to be playing that didn't play too. I mean, like Radledge and Pickens. Oh, yeah. uh, Earlier and, uh, you know, just throughout the season, a lot of different things happened. But, uh, you know, I always think about that one uh, quote that uh, really – kind of signifies this team adversity causes some teams to break others to break records and I felt like this team uh, just did what it had to do all year long and I told Roddy this and I said this on several uh, shows that people had me on after this championship game it's kind of like uh, you having a teacher give you a test in high school that uh, you, you were a very good student and you just weren't you didn't do as good so they gave it to you he gave it to you again hoping you could you know get a better grade and average out for the semester and also took off some of the hardest part of it so you could make sure you made it and so that's what happened with us we got a redo on alabama they took Mechie out of the game and uh, our defense just really uh pressured bryce young's uh, all night offensively uh the only thing i would say is i was very disappointed i know kirby said it at halftime, but we couldn't get out of our own way there in the first half with ridiculous penalties and just poor uh, management on first down, lost yardage plays, which if you're a good football team like we are, you don't lose yardage on first down. I mean, even on uh, passes, you get rid of the ball. But I got to give Christian Harris a lot of credit. I don't know what he scouted us or what he, he coach told him, but he ran through uh, some really significant gaps on us and caused us problems with lost yardage plays on first down. And uh, also thought George was in the witness protection program no more than we used him. He only played 18 plays, but there has to be a reason for that. I don't know. I haven't asked anybody. And Bowers, too, we couldn't get the ball to him. But uh, the best part about it, it would have been a tragedy if we had lost this game because we got a better team than they do. I mean, they didn't have Messi, didn't have Williams, but uh, they also – had pretty much the same team they've been playing with all year in a lot of positions. So man-to-man, uh, -man, I felt good about it. So the reality is we're the national champions and very well-deserved and played with so much poise in the fourth quarter when the band was playing, when you got to have it, when the, when the champions step up, our guys did it. They made plays after play after play. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, uh you know, William Poole, William Poole, here's a guy that played more plays in the last three games than he's played in his whole career and just did a lot for Georgia and really improved and worked his butt off in practice and listened to Muschamp and Kirby and the die and got better technique and just really 
at an all-star game and at, at that championship game as compared to his first tilt against them. So a lot of individuals we can, you know, mention throughout and hopefully we'll have some more questions, but I, I would just take this takeaway from us is that there is no greater reward than team victory. And this was a team. You could see it after the game, the way they reveled with each other, the way they, all of them came up to Stetson, the way they hugged their coaches. I mean, there's nothing better. There's no better feeling than a team victory. Not necessarily just a national championship, a conference championship or what, but to be around those guys all year long and, and uh, not being hokey about it. I'm just telling you, no. something you can take with you the rest of your life is the fact that everybody had a, had a role in that championship. And uh, our fans should revel in it too. I mean, regardless of how long they've had to wait, uh, you you got to take take what you can. Because uh, as I've said to some people around here, uh, you don't get many shots at it. I mean, you never know when you're going to get that next shot, and you better make it work. And uh, we certainly did that. So, going to be some different coaches here. Some players maybe be leaving, but uh, the future's bright. I mean. Uh, the future right now for Georgia is a meteor. It's a comet coming around the country from Athens, Georgia. It's a blast that's that's engulfing the whole NCAA uh, network of teams and everything. It's all coming from Athens, Georgia. It's so bright that you probably need to put some sun on to watch the future here. And uh, anybody that wants to get around and talk about what we don't have, go ahead and do it. Talk about it all you want to. And you get energitis with it. Get get sick at your stomach worrying about what we got, uh, got to worry about. But I'm going to tell you this. If anybody in the world, including Putin, anybody, wanted to change jobs, the job they'd want is Kirby Smarts right now because it's getting ready to rock i'm talking about chuck berry it's going to rock here from now on and that's about my final statement <laughs> and before we get to follow-ups let me uh break some news here robert beal returning to georgia just put on instagram yeah. robert beal Good to robert. Be there's another guy i mean could have you know he, he's really had a hard time breaking the lineup because of the people in front of him. I mean, you look at the guys around the country, uh, Cox, uh, Jalen, the Johnson guy at uh, Florida State who had a big year. Uh, these guys were ahead of him, not to mention the guys on our team that really, uh, you know, Anderson and, and Smith, uh, it's just a lot of good players out there. But uh, Bill and Poole will help our team next year because of the depth they'll provide. So that's, you know, you talk about the stars and all. But you need guys that step in and do do the job. And then Brady, I give Brady a lot of credit all year. I mean, he's probably going to go to, you know, out west, Arkansas or Texas or someplace like that where he knows some coaches. But hey, more power to him. He's played here for four or five years and, and hadn't had a chance to play much. And handwriting's on the wall for the future. Hey, he, he's been a good dog. Give him a national championship ring. Let him go. Speed, been a great guy. Jack I mean, there's a lot of guys that have played the role, but uh, move on. Uh, Fido, forget it and drive on. Let's go. <laughs> I think you nailed it there. Just make that he's coming back. I think you're gonna you'll have uh, the uh, Hateville Charter secondary coach with uh, William Poole coming back and uh, Chris Smith. So you got both those guys. Nolan Smith is coming back. Of course, Jalen Carter, Keely Ringo will be there, and. I just want to touch on Tyke something. Smith, Tyke Smith, too. Tyke Smith, yeah. So, yeah, we got three Smiths in the defense. Uh, so, that's uh, going to be fun to watch. And, of course, Arian Smith on offense. So, uh, it, it should be a, a – like you said, there's a lot coming back. I know a lot of – and I tried to mention this in my 3-2-1 column before the season – I mean, before the last game. I said, look, win or lose, you're going to have coaching changes. You're going to have player changes. You're going to – guys are going to go to the NFL. Guys are going to transfer. It happens. It's happening to every team. But when you win, it feels a lot better. When you lose, it feels like, oh, no, we're losing to everybody. It just feels like death blow after death blow. But I, I want to touch on what you said before we get to um, uh, Dane's thoughts on the game. Somebody asked me, you know, I did, I did a radio, and they said, what, is your, what will be your final takeaway image from this thing? What will be the one image that pokes out in your mind? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, you know, the, the play that stands out to me the most is William Poole knocking the ball down on third and 12. 
you know, uh, Georgia just scored. Uh, Alabama gets the ball back. They need to drive. They get into third long. And it's William Poole who was just absolutely vilified. People said after the SEC championship game, take away his scholarship and just gave him all sorts of crap. And I'm like, hey, he wasn't the only guy that had a bad game that game. But he came back and started against the number two Michigan Wolverines, had a great game. He started against the number one Alabama Crimson Tide, had a great game. He's coming back next year. I'm excited for him. But you think of Jalen Carter's block. You think of uh, you know, the block kick there. Uh, Marcus Roseby Jack Saint throws a block to the score of Brock Bowers. Uh, James Cook lays his body on the line on that uh, uh, 40-yard touchdown pass to A.D. Mitchell. You just start going through the roster. You know, uh, Jamari Sawyer moves inside. Um, uh, you got freshmen all over the place. It just when you said team victory coach, a lot of people go, oh, well, that's what coaches are supposed to say. I'm like, no, damn it. This is seriously every guy had one huge play. James Cook or uh, Zamir White. You know, you hear the entire stadium going, Zeus, you know, some of the runs he broke off there. Just a it's, – it's not lip service. But it's legitimately top to bottom was a team win. And I thought that was uh, – I won't say that will be the one thing I take away from it, but after it was over, you saw those guys hugging each other and you saw the just the uh, guys that you didn't – you didn't expect to see each other. I saw uh, uh, big Julian Rochester hugging trainers. You know, just tears in his eyes. You know, it wasn't just him and his defensive uh, line buddies. I mean, it was a top to bottom a program win. Hell, well, I did see a lot of people congratulating Julian Rochester. A lot of people said Julian Rochester was celebrating his second national championship at Georgia. So, congratulations <laughs> to him. He's been here since Herschel. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to just bring out one other thing that you mentioned about William Poole. Uh, because, uh, you know, we weren't doing anything on these shows and everything. Uh, I spent a little more time over there watching practice before they left. And because uh, I never want to look like I'm trying to talk about what I know on the show because it's not fair. But uh, the one thing that came out that was really vivid to me was talking to Muschamp, Lanny, and Kirby was that, hey, William Poole, watch him. He's really, watch that tape. He really played okay against Alabama. The guy just threw the ball perfectly so many times, like the, the, the touchdown pass to Messi in the corner. I mean, it was one step. I mean, you can't cover guys cold all the time. You, you see that in pro, but he said he was in position most of the time, but he just made a couple mental errors that, you know, people make, but he really, I'm really encouraged. I'm not talking quote each one, but they're really encouraged. And that's part of the coaching part that everybody misses here. All we see is what the games and all, but right. uh, when, when the coach with that kind of background, those three guys say that, Hey, we feel good about him. Then it was pretty obvious that if they didn't, they would have made a change because that's what hurt us, you know, but they, they didn't feel like that. Where they did change was they came out came out with uh, some heavy pressure. I mean, it was evident that they were going to attack the, the middle of their front, working on the center and uh, getting a lot of different people. You know, we don't usually see Carter lined up on the center. He jumped off one side one times, but just uh, pounded that guy and really got a lot of pressure throughout the game. And uh, so I, I just think hopefully we can – Go on, let Dane say anything else he wants to, but uh, nah. I'm I'm looking forward to to next year. I mean, I just feel like we got a quarterback here that that uh, hasn't lost to anybody on our schedule in the last two years, but one team. So uh, he's going against that same. I mean, look, you know, hey, if he doesn't win the job, somebody else would be pretty damn good to beat him out. That's for sure. And and I'm telling you right now, I'm fired up about. Brock Vandergriff, I think Beck's made a lot of improvement. I haven't seen Stockton, but uh, I like what we got in quarterback. And I think it's so ridiculous to just go over what happened in the past and what, what we've lost and all that. Everybody can be critiqued uh, in any job or profession, but you, if you worry about that, you need to go do – get you know, just look yourself in the mirror. There's nothing we can do about it. Nothing we can do about Fields, East, and all those guys. I mean – but uh, I feel good about where we are on offense, especially that offensive line we got coming up. And uh, we're going to be uh, – remind – what's the day, January 17th? 18th. Eight, okay, I missed it yesterday. <laughs> 17th. 
But uh, I just know that most days end in Y, and I go to the next one. So um, I'm just going to say on Tuesday, January the 18th, our offensive line next year is going to be on the Burma Road. We're going to be like those elephants going over the Alps. We're going to be on the Burma Road here, hammer and tong guys that can just knock your ass into submission and pass block and do everything else. And Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, Eric Gilbert, Eric Gilbert, whatever how you want to pronounce it. I mean, come on, man. Uh, and then, Mr. Gilbert. Just Mr. I like I like hey, coming in the next year, Mitchell. I mean, what what a year he had. And then Rosemead's gonna be good. We don't know what's happened to Bert gonna happen with Burton, but uh Karis, uh, I mean, hopefully Blaylock finally will get back in there. But uh, we're, we're going to be uh, really good, really good there. And uh, recruiting is fantastic. I mean, they're, they're working on 2023 guys now. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and everybody say, well, let the glass is half full, half empty. Let's, let's find out what's wrong. They'll do some self-evaluations and all that. We, we we definitely need to stop making the mental errors that we make. I mean, that's the only way anybody plays with. We got to cut those back. But uh, just just tell me who in the country as a football coach would want to change jobs and wouldn't want to have the job Kirby Smart's got right now. I, I mean, right. I'm talking about Maybe maybe Nick wouldn't, but uh, Nick's got a burr up his saddle right now. I can tell you that, and uh, I'm glad he asked. I mean, <laughs> you know, old Kirby took him took him up the mountaintop there. You know, I said at the beginning of the year that I think to win a championship you have to have that transcendent superstar quarterback, and at the beginning of the year, I didn't think that, that Georgia had that. After watching the the two playoff games, here's what I realized. The piece of that that I was wrong, it's not just quarterback. You have to have transcendently good play from multiple areas. And for Georgia, Coach, I was sitting beside you on that watch-along show. When Jalen Carter blocks that kick, changed everything. Like That changed the momentum of the game. He is the best player on the football team, and right there beside him, N'Kobe Dean. And, and Roddy, you were talking about the image that stands out in your mind. To me, it's Channing Tindall missing an assignment in the red zone, N'Kobe Dean covering for him to force an incompletion, and then getting in his face saying, we cannot make that happen. And to me, that's the accountability and the leadership on the team that gets you to this point. Full circle, though, full circle about quarterback – Georgia does have one of those superstars. Stetson Bennett wasn't that at the beginning of the season. He wasn't that in 2020. He wasn't that in previous Alabama games. Like, now, this guy just went five touchdowns, zero interceptions, and two playoff games to get a national championship. The fourth quarter, four for four, 83 yards. You can tack on 30 more for pass interference penalties. It was after the fumble, it was perfect. Now, a lot of that was because it was a balanced offensive tack. Georgia's offensive line really stepped up. Broderick Jones, coach, good Lord. I mean, the, the whole tenor of the game changed when he started using his athleticism to push yeah, people he did. the ball. He did. So when I look at it, and I, I say, you talk about who would want the spot that Kirby Smart has. Well, how many other quarterbacks would you choose in the SEC over Stetson Bennett right now? Probably the Heisman Trophy winner and Bryce Young, and then yeah, somebody that, said, somebody told me said one day who in the conference would Stetson Bennett start for the uh, for these other teams? Who cares? I mean, your your team is your team, but uh, you, you make some some great points there, and uh, it's it's just the, the the fact too that our quarterback was an MVP in the championship game and the and the game against. Uh, Michigan, so uh, it just uh, it's just a shallow point right now. I mean, you, you just got to anybody that's been on that other tangent, you got to b- believe that the same reason that Kirby played William Poole, he played Stetson yeah. Bennett. He goes out to practice every day. Right out of he, see, he sees that, and uh, I would have to say, based on ninety some thousand people that. We're there cheering for him. They finally think Kirby knows what he's doing for at least for one more month. For, for a month. 
but no, you're right. And it's, uh, I don't know that, uh, you know, and I've, I've, I don't say I've defended Stetson. I, I haven't, I've, I've all ever asked for the whole Stetson JT Daniels debate is to you compare apples to apples. If you want to compare uh, the fact that one's undefeated, the other one has two losses. If you're only going to compare victories to someone's losses, you know, it's like, well, beating uh, Missouri is not the same as facing Alabama. So, you know, put them on the same plane and then make your choice. And the only, my point has been the entire time. It's like, I don't know enough about what happens in practice. And I know more than most, um, what the hell's going on in practice to second guess not only Kirby, but Todd Munkin, Buster Faulkner, uh, everybody else in, the, in that offensive staff, all the uh, assistants, all the analysts, all the all the other coaches. There are people in there. I mean, who the hell am I to override Dell McGee? Because if Dell's got a problem with uh, the quarterback, I'm sure he's going to tell Kirby. And if Kirby says go to hell, then I guess Kirby's is it's his fault. I don't know enough what's going on, so that's that's always been my point. It's like. I know what people say. Well, I, you know, we see what we see in the games. Okay. Well, if we went by what we see in the games and not what happens in practice, William Poole would never been out on that field again, you know, because again, my small understanding coach, like you said, is it looked to me like he got torched in that SEC championship game, but the coaches go in and say, no, that was just great throws. I mean, you just can't, there's nothing you can do in that situation. Okay. So the coaches made their decisions and they roll with them and they'll be successful or not. And I think it's, uh, we spend, as a fan base, as a, as analysts, as pundits, we spend a lot of time second guessing them with a tithe of the information. But we we figure our opinions are the same as theirs. But anyway, I don't, I don't want to get off onto that so much. Yeah, I do want to say this though. We need to really thank two guys on Alabama's team for dropping those passes too. I mean, if 84 catches either one of those balls, it's a different game. If that tight end uh, when they were getting on. Nicobe was getting on – I mean, he should have caught that ball across the middle there. So, it's a different game. If But that's the, the deal. That's part of it. If uh, if the guy would have dropped it in the national championship game four years ago, we win. So, I mean, that's just it, – it's payback. It's, it's the way things happen. But it gets back to some of this stuff about, hey, coach, give us some philosophy, all that stuff. Hey, a lot of games are lost a lot more than they're won there. You know, so – there were there were some huge mistakes on both teams' part that added to the drama of the game. I mean, we see the same thing in every pro game I watch. I mean, and my last thing on the Stetson Bennett thing today would be Tom Brady, two hundred sixty third draft choice, gets a chance to beat to play for Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe and 21 years later, he's still playing. So Stetson Bennett, a walk-on player that had been around everywhere and played at Jones Junior College, gets a chance not only once but twice to come in and has done exactly what he needed to do, and the rest is history. That's a good point. We had a good story at UJSports.com. You need to go check out. Jed May has a a great behind the scenes look. Uh, he spoke. Uh, well, we spoke with uh, Denise Bennett, uh, Stetson Bennett's mom. It's a very, very insightful piece. Jed did a great job with it, and I don't care what else you read today or tomorrow or the next day. You need to go read that story by Jed May at UGSports.com because it is fantastic. Get a chance to check it out. Let me tease a bit of that in there because there's there's a piece of the story that I think says a ton about Georgia coaches because to me, like if you think you know everything and are right all the time, then eventually you're going to be wrong in a big way. And Todd Munkin said this before at the national championship and his media appearance too. But the, the piece in there where Jed writes about that Todd Munkin and, and Georgia's offensive coaches had pretty much told Stetson Bennett, we don't see your path to play here this year. And, of course, that's going to be hard to hear at his age and, and where he's at and how much he loves the game. Uh, you talking but, about before the season or now? I'm talking about before. I'm talking about Good before Lord. the season. I'm glad you're talking about that. No, 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 no. Now, like, it, it gets to the national championship and it gets to the CFP and Todd Munkin is saying, I have no doubt that we can win a championship with Stetson Bennett, and I underestimated him. To me, that shows you a lot about Todd Munkin for him to admit publicly. 
I didn't I did not read this guy's potential correctly, and he has surpassed everything I thought he could do. And then it worked out that Georgia wins a title with him. I it, think that's it, a really good that, trait in a coach. It really is, and you got to look at his mo. The guy had never seen Stetson. He hadn't been here to watch him. We didn't get to practice because COVID took us out. He brings in a guy from uh, Wake Forest and the other guy that uh, from Southern Cal, and they're working the heck out of him. So the only thing he sees the guy do is drills there for like four or five weeks. So he still doesn't know. And then finally he plays him. And then going into this year, he's looking at uh, we had a pretty good successful at the end of the year with JT. So And he's got Beck who can do the same stuff. So that's his plan. We're going to go with these guys. And then JT gets hurt, and then Beck doesn't do it in practice. And then, again, Stetson takes it over. That's the deal. That's my final answer. That's what happened. It's what happened, people. I promise you. And Todd Munkin admitted it. And I had the same thing. I went into Oklahoma. I had got uh, that, you know, that I had my eyes on. I didn't realize some of these guys could play. And the first year here, I looked, I watched some of the tape. I didn't know these kids. There were some guys I've played that I shouldn't have. And in the second year, we made those changes. And I told Troy Aikman, a number one draft choice, college football, Hall of Famer, pro football, Hall of Famer, three-time Super Bowl champion. You need to transfer, son. You can't play here in this system. You broke your leg. We've already got a guy running the wishbone again. We're not going back to this. We're not going to do it. We're fair to you. He understood that. So it happens. I mean, I don't know how it can be more vivid. It happens to great players. They have to sometimes reality doesn't. I mean, the, the, the way things happen and the way things break out, that's what happened to JT. He got hurt. Yeah. So, well, I, hey, that's it. I hate it for JT. I was glad to see he and uh, Stetson back each other up. And, you know, it's an awkward situation when two guys are fighting for the same job, you know. You, I'm sure everybody in whatever business they're in, you have a competitor that, uh, you know, uh, you feel sometimes feel that their success is to your detriment. But when you're on a team, you know that their success is good for you overall. So uh, I saw uh, we went through the uh, when that tro- uh, the national championship parade thing. The two guys who went through the dog walk kind of together were signing autographs and people were just cheering for them were JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett now. I expect JT Daniels, I, I broke the news yesterday that I expect him to go into the portal. I uh, expect him to take off. But, Coach, we still haven't heard uh, word yet on Stetson. We spoke to Stetson Bennett's mom. She said he's going to think about it. He's going to think about it. He's going to think about it. Because um, yeah, The only he's- thing I would say about Stetson is, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to him uh, prior to the game. I haven't seen him uh, or you know, I've talked to him a little bit after the game, but he, he wants to play here. All he needs is somebody to just tell him that, which I'm sure will be mucking that, hey, you, we're going to start out a lot different as far as this job than we have the last two times. And then, as long as he's got that assurance, I'm sure. I can't put words in his mouth, but I feel like, like you know that doll. I mean that uh, ivory soap commercial, ninety nine and forty four, one hundred percent. Yeah, I would say that that's pretty much what it is. And uh, I would hope that everybody that listens to this would be excited about that. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you got a national championship quarterback that's only lost one game and. Um, to the teams that you're playing this year uh, in two years. Uh, you also, I mean, but that's not my role here. I, I, I can't get involved. No, I'm just in, curious. I mean, to me, it seems like you have a guy like that. Uh, he hasn't said he's coming back, but that's my interpretation. I've always, I thought he would, uh, especially the when he went through that dog walk and just, it was. He wants, he wants to play his last year. And that's, excuse yeah. me for interrupting, but that forget about Georgia or anything. Every kid that's had this benefit of the COVID thing or the extra year, 22 of them in Illinois did it this year, 17 in Wake Forest. They got another chance to play college football, knowing that they're probably not going to play pro or anything else, and they love it. It's a chance to play your last year, uh, and uh, and I'm happy for these kids because uh, they, for, so many of them don't ever get a shot till their last time whether it's pool or Brainy or speed or, or, you know, uh, some of these guys, a uh, Schaefer coming back like he did, 
he's helped himself in the pros. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, too. Wyatt. Uh, so uh, that, that's a little hokey about it, but uh, what's wrong no, with a guy wanting no, to play you're, another year? You're right, because that's what I was going to say. Is I know for a fact that Stetson Bennett does <laughs> want to play football next year. A lot of people say, well, he should just retire and go out on top. I'm like, agree or disagree. I'm just telling you what, what the kid has said. He said, I'm going to play football somewhere next year. Now, I think it's at Georgia, and I think he would uh, – that's where he wants to. And remember, this is a guy who had opportunities before coming to UGA. Uh, <coughs> he could have gone to scholarship somewhere else. He came to UGA. He did one year here, then went to Jones to prove he could do it. Had other scholarship opportunities. He almost went and played for Billy Napier at uh, right. University of Louisiana. Uh, loved the offense, loved the offensive scheme there uh, – uh, DJ Looney, who had been at Georgia the year previously, was like, hey, coach, i got a great quarterback for you. I've seen what this kid could do. They almost get him to uh, U- U- University of Louisiana. He's about to sign. Again, this isn't the story Jed made it. And Kirby Smart calls said, we need you. He comes back. Uh, this is a guy who loves UGA. He bleeds for it. And when he broke down crying, a lot of people was like, oh, the, the pressure's off, off his back. I'm like, maybe. Man. But also, he's winning. <laughs> he's winning at his own moment. He, he understands how big this is. So now he gets to come back without yeah. all the pressure of 41 years on him, you know. And when he went to the dog walk coach, it was like a hero's welcome. Who wouldn't yeah. want to do that again? Yeah, and the other thing is some people say, boy, he could just ride out in the sunset and always be a legacy here and not have to worry about, uh, you know, coming back and things not going right. I mean, who in the world as a player would ever worry about if you want to play, if you can do it again, I mean, I just don't see. I think that'd be the easy way out for uh, somebody that doesn't have the competitiveness that Stetson had. I mean, that's a real challenge to him just to come do it again because every challenge he's had, he's met, and he probably would say, "Hey, you think I can't do it again? I'm gonna do it again." You know what I mean? So I don't really look look at it like he would say that. I, I just. That's you know, anybody that wants him to do that just doesn't want him here and probably should go cheer for another team, really, I think, if you don't want this guy playing for us. Well, even a step beyond that, I think Georgia really needs him because you start looking at the inexperience that will be put in key positions. I mean, the defense losing, what, nine starters and then some key reserves that, that rotate in. And then on offense, I mean, do you want someone that – hasn't got everyone lined up, have that reservoir of knowledge. I mean, you just saw Alabama's offense completely drop off when two of the experienced receivers uh, went out of the game and they didn't have the experience on that stage. Now, Alabama's going to be better next year too, but Stetson Bennett's leadership and his ability to get guys where they need to be, that's going to be clutch for Georgia next year. And if that's not there for Georgia, then it's going to be infinitely harder to, to get back in the same position. I'm with you there. Look, even if uh, let's say that uh, they they have the competition and he doesn't win the job, very it's very possible. Uh, I want a guy on the sideline telling Brock Vandegrift what to do, or Gunner, yep. you know, or Gunner Stockton, or Carson Beck, saying, "Hey, here, here's what they're doing. Here's how they're tricking you. Here's what they're doing with those safeties. Here's what this. Uh, yeah. Watch this guy's hips. You know, I want that guy on the sideline, <laughs> even if it's uh, even if he's not playing. I want him there." Uh, but what I want what you folks to do when you get a chance, I want you to swing by our friends at Athens Ford. They've been a huge sponsor for this. I know Brian Clower, the uh, uh, head man out there, was absolutely ecstatic with this uh, win. These, this Athens Ford team supports the Georgia Bulldogs. They also support the Athens community. They do a fantastic job with that. And I went out there before. We actually drove to Indianapolis. Uh, the flights were a bit much, and we were taking a lot of people. And plus, I've got a fantastic Ford Explorer that I bought out there. But I went out beforehand to get the oil changed, you know, get everything checked out. And I was in that service area, actually working. It was a great area, fantastic Wi-Fi, immaculately clean. They do a great job on the car. Uh, they do a great job on service. And I'm telling you, I spent half the time out there just drooling over the Ford Bronco in the uh, showroom. So when you get a chance, swing out there, have some coffee, have some Starbucks, have some uh, uh, you know, uh, a great place to work, You know, have some of the snacks they have out there, uh, and get fantastic service quickly very inexpensively and very thoroughly done. So check our friends at Athens Ford who are huge supporters of the program. And also want to mention our friends out at uh, Dead Soxie. Now, I remember before the season started, I told people uh, Dead Soxie came on as a sponsor. They sent us some socks. You know, they, they asked us, hey, will you try these? Sure, we'll try anything for free. <laughs> I got no morals or scruples. And I have no pride. 
but they sent us some socks. I'm like, damn, these are great. And they said, we'd like to, we've sponsored some of the other rival sites. We'd like to sponsor yours. And I'm like, okay. And I got them and I said, you know, these are lucky socks. I could tell right off the bat. We started wearing the, uh, uh, the dead soxy socks with their true stay technology, i.e. the ones you pull up and they don't slip back down. It is actually that true stay is a uh, characteristic of these socks. The two uh, old Miss guys engineered them and they're fantastic socks. They're Georgia themed, they're red and black. You can get silver ones. Uh, I might have to reach out to Jason out there and see if they can uh, come up with a 1980 to 2021 sock, you know, just a, a national championship commemorative sock. And I'm, yeah, they'll probably, they probably will. But when you get a chance, Check out the dead socky socks. I said they were lucky, and Georgia has a national title. Coincidence? I don't think so. So, anyway, when you get a chance, check them out, deadsoxy.com. We'd appreciate it, and uh, meet a lot to those guys too. Uh, let's get some questions in here. I, I think we're going to finish with uh, kind of projecting forward for Georgia. Coaching changes will happen. One of those already, Georgia down a wide receivers coach uh, with Cortez Hankton going to LSU. So, uh, I'll just send it to you, Coach, on what do you kind of look forward in that position? Well, we're actually down two coaches. Uh, we, we lost uh, Dan Lanning, who really did a terrific job showing uh, his loyalty to Georgia, the, the, the job he did uh, the last two games, just night and day working two jobs. You know, got good results for, for sure. Uh, you don't want to change your play caller for the championship, and he, he was able to do a good job of that. And then, you know, Hankton has been so good in the community uh, with dogs for pups, everything about him. He's just a classy guy and he's going home. You know, he's from Louisiana, you know, you can't blame him. Uh, it's going to be a tough rebuild down there, but uh, at the same time, uh, more power to him. I think he'll do a good job. So as far as the receiver job, there's always a lot of different things to look for, but I think number one, you got to get somebody can blend in with uh Coach Munkin, I mean, uh, I'm sure Kirby will make the ultimate call, but Coach Munkin's got a lot of contacts, and he wants somebody that can come in here and jump right in and help his system. I don't see uh, a, a situation where, uh, even though he's very, very uh, good at coaching quarterbacks, uh, I just don't see Buster moving up because of the recruiting situation uh, and uh, – you're just going to hire uh, another guy in there. I mean, you know, if people bring up Heinz Ward, that's the same thing with him. He hasn't had a lot of experience with uh, recruiting, but he could be somebody that that you'd look at, and uh, Terrence Edwards too. But I look for him to bring either a guy with pro experience that has, has coached in college that can recruit or, you know, a high-level recruiter that can adapt to our system. And then the same thing's true on uh, – landing situation, I, I look for him to, to bring in a, a big-time young coach to help the recruiting and uh, and coach the outside linebackers. Well, hey, Kirby Smart said it himself. You, uh, I thought it was fantastic after the uh, – I think it was – was it after the Florida game? But he basically said, look, you can't out-coach bad recruiting. Yeah, and not heard of bad recruiting, but he, he basically – and I thought it was a um, – a, a great insight into his philosophy. And you'll notice, I mean, last night he was at a basketball game. The, 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 this past Saturday, what did he do with the national championship? He could have reveled in the championship uh, ceremony. He brought, he had a junior day lined up to go with it. So it's like, hey, you guys are coming in. Why don't you guys sit down in this reserved seating for uh, the recruits and watch our national ceremony? And I know, Coach, you were there with some of the other former coaches. I noticed that Kirby couldn't join you guys uh, – when you when he sent out a picture, because where was Kirby Smart in the locker room recruiting? So that's uh, yeah, that's where he needs to be. He's not worried about any picture, but uh, <laughs> it was good to see all those coaches up there and talk to them. Tell us about that because that's fantastic. That just and it was it was uh, you know uh, just to see all the people out there. But uh, I remember when we came up with the idea, and I, maybe some other people were doing it, but. Back in the early 90s there here, we had a junior day and uh, we went for a basketball game at uh, – and we were playing Florida. And we had all those guys down in the end zone where we would sit them then. They've got a different configuration there in basketball now where the recruits can sit. But there were a lot of them and I was down there and uh, the AD from Florida came by. Uh, remind me what his name is uh, – Foley, uh, yeah, oh, Jeremy yeah. Foley walked by and he says, 
Coach, how's it going? And I said, good. He said, uh, I thought you'd be on a Nike trip. And I said, yeah, I'm going uh, tomorrow. But I got some juniors in here recruiting that we're going after. And uh, he looked up there. He said, what are you talking about? I said, we got juniors for next year. He said, really? So that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> and uh, among those juniors were some pretty good players, Stinchcomb, Terry, uh, Terrence Edwards, uh, Boss Bailey, some of those guys, which yeah, they probably would have gotten me out. But the point is you got to continually work on them, and uh, that's what you do. I mean, uh, you, you, you get you, you finish one year and go out. And I thought it was great that Kirby made that mention of the families too when he was talking about, oh yeah, you know, the, uh, the contributors to the program. But uh, you, you, the last two years have been really good for – for football coaches and the fact that they couldn't go on the road and have more time with their families. I mean, that'll be invaluable to them from now on. And maybe hopefully they'll understand that, you know, you, you don't have to necessarily spend quite that much time recruiting. Maybe you can spend a little more time going to see your own son's game or your own daughter, uh, yeah. you know, uh, dance recital or something like that. Just find out a way to do a little bit more of that. But, but Kirby, Never stops on recruiting, and uh, he he's really fantastic at it. Question here from uh, Chuck Ward, and there's a few questions. That we'll just kind of broaden this. He says, Coach, does Warren McClendon move inside to make room for Marius Mims at tackle? Uh, you're saying earlier you said January 18th. I'm telling you this, Burma Road offensive line next year. I know it's too well, early to tell. What's the well, we got to get the best five on the field. And we, everybody remembers that Ratledge was already a starter there, and he's had good rehab. He had, you know, a tough injury, but uh, you know, we can see some some movement. Uh, we we got to find the left guard, and you know, Broderick's pretty safe at left tackle, but uh, Mims is he can can move around a little. But McClendon is not the typical forceful guy that, that you want at guard. He's just a really good. Workman like very good, so I, I'm not sure how we're going to do it, but but you got to find a, a way to get Mims on the field. I mean, he's just too good. Uh, if he doesn't, I can see his ass portal because I mean, yeah. why well, wouldn't you know? But he, he's going to be on it. I'm, I'm talking about if he does. I, I probably didn't mean it like that, but if he if he can't play for us, we're pretty damn good. <laughs> Very true. Uh, this question from W. Larry Hogue Jr. over on Facebook. What's your opinion of Georgia's greatest needs from the transfer portal? Yeah, I could see us getting against corner again. Just we just can't rely on these young guys to step in. You know, Keeley was had had a year and a half in the program. But we've got Green now, who's had that. Kimber has left. I like I like the. Uh, Kid Buller uh, and the uh, as a safety, and then the other kid from uh, Alabama. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, good, good corner that uh, he's going to help us too. He did a good job uh, with the scout team and working with special teams. Some, but I think that maybe a uh, you might look at an inside linebacker just from experience standpoint. And uh, you always, if you ET that could, you know, be a force, you look at that on defense. Offense, I really don't know where you'd go. Maybe a wide receiver if wide he's a, you know, uh, just a wild wide guy, out. But, uh, maybe wide out a punter. Well, we got a punter coming in here, don't we? Guy from Australia. I, I know. I just want a second one because just in case. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot to put on. I don't think you, you followed up the I best punter in Georgia history. You know, you can't. You can't. Uh, Give a scholarship to another punter, though. I mean, we, we could do it in a transfer portal after spring if this guy comes in here and he ain't speak English, you know, from Australia <laughs> so, as far as his punting ability. It's a little bit different when you got showing you, man, instead of doing the doing the test out there with the uh, with the kangaroos chasing the balls. So <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting to see how he does, but he certainly got a good leg. Hey, I do want to mention before we get to the next question there, if you uh, hang on a second, Dana, our friends over at Your Pie, uh, I know one person who's probably still can't talk right now 
is Drew French. Uh, he texted me after the game. <laughs> he was so excited. Uh, Drew and Natalie French, Georgia alums, uh, Georgia supporters. They run the Europe uh, Empire, if you will. So uh, be sure if you are looking for something to eat, if you want a great pizza, you want a great salad, you want a great sandwich, you want a, uh, the, the fantastic hot pepperoni, uh, honey pepperoni sal- uh, pizza, try it. Uh, hit up our friends at Europe Do it today. Today's a Tuesday. Use the app. If you use the app, you get double points. And those points end up fast. I know a lot of people kind of roll their eyes at uh, loyalty programs or stuff like that, you know, or punch cards. Use the app on your phone. A, it's the easiest way to order from your pie. But also, if you do it on Tuesday, you get double points. Those points add up so quickly. You'll be getting free food before before you can blink. It's, it's incredibly uh, generous, the, the levels they have on that. So do it on Tuesday when your points count twice as much. It's double points Tuesday, so jump on that. And I also want to mention our friends at the Academy Brewing Company. I actually ate out there the other day twice on the same day. Uh, it, it was it was Friday. I, I did not realize my sister-in-law was coming into town. Or, or, I forgot my sister-in-law was coming into town. And, of course, where did she want to go? She wanted to go to academia. So my wife and my son met her and her daughter out there for dinner. But earlier in the week, somebody who was uh, leaving the program, who is a, had some great insight into the program, uh, agreed to meet with me for lunch and give me some inside skinny on the uh, the, the season as it was, and uh, I, I kid, he, it was just somebody I wanted to meet, and we, he said, where do you want to go to eat? And I said, well, let's go to academia. So I wound up going to academia twice on the same day, and I will tell you, it was fantastic. It was great food both times, great beer, and uh, they've got their skull out there and their hoppardisiac, two of the best beers I've ever created. The place is growing by leaps and bounds, and uh, I ran into Matt Casey, the owner of academia, twice in Indianapolis. He was... <laughs> He was in uh, seventh heaven. Uh, so if you get a chance, uh, reach out uh, to Matt, Matt Casey. Tell him congrats. He'll he'll be thrilled. He'll talk football with you for hours. He'll also g- give you some great beer and some great food. So hit up our friends at Academia Brewing Company and uh, swing by your pie when you get a chance. Coach, when you look at the players that Georgia has had that have already entered the transfer portal, I think it's hard not to notice that there's a lot of reserved and experienced defensive backs there. And I've heard Kirby Smart say, I think it was around signing day, that it's harder than ever to get really good defensive backs because there's so much passing that a lot of the players that would play that position end up playing wide receiver at some point. Uh, Have you seen the sport kind of shift and how you build defensive back talent? Because Georgia seems to be that that's an area where they're really having to supplement quite frequently. Yeah, I mean, it, it hurt us because we had so many good ones two years ago. We lost five to the draft. I mean, that it's obvious we can analyze and, and train them because those guys all have played significant roles in pro football this year. One guy didn't make it, uh, the kid from the junior college that played some here, but he, he didn't – I don't know if he picked up a team, but the other four made it. And then you had two transfer that were really doing well at other schools uh, – you know, the one kid broke, got hurt again at uh, at LSU, and the other kid played for uh, uh, Tyson or played at uh, Miami. Uh, so, uh, Stevenson. Yeah, Stevenson. Uh, Tyree. So, here's the deal. I mean, you got Kirby, you got Muschamp, you got a die. I mean, these guys can evaluate. They know what they want back there, and I, I think this class – if, if anybody that uh, has any significant ability to analyze defensive backs, watch the tape on these guys we got coming in. I mean, these guys are, are really good players now. I mean, a lot of teams wanted them, and I think they'll be uh, very, very evident in, in playing pretty early, particularly the ones that could come in and get the advantage of spring and all that. So that helps too. And then the edge guys we got, I mean, I showed Roddy the picture of uh, – me talking to uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Mark, Mark Michael Michael Williams. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, they look better on the hoof than anybody we got playing defensive end. As far as hoof, now playing, I don't know, <clears throat> but they scary looking, really scary looking. I mean, hey, from, from an old photographer, I would like to walk in. I would like to walk in some place. And people recognize me and ask me, are these your bodyguards? <laughs> I was going to say, uh, <coughs> I can tell you as a photographer for many years, do not stand between two guys that tall to look that good. 
I mean, you're taller than I am, coach, but you look like a midget. I mean, you look, yeah. those guys just soared over you. I'm like, oh my God, those are high school seniors. You know, those they're not even, I, well, I guess they're freshmen now at UGA, yeah. but the point being, those were, and again, it took me back. It literally took me back to, I remember doing a photo sh- uh, shoot of um, uh, Richard Seymour, and uh, who's got to play with it, uh, Stroud, side by side, and I did that, and just trying, I remember trying to get close enough to get good shots to their face, but wide, back, back far enough to get their entire bodies into it, and it was just, uh, from a photographer standpoint, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. We were doing it for Bulldog Magazine back in the day. And, yeah, that's a good point. And I'm like, these just, but again, Twin Towers and those two guys coming in. So you get Robert Beal back there who can help out, you know, and right. uh, kind of educate him up. But remember this, yeah. when I first started doing this like three years ago or four years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm riding into the sunset here pretty soon, but here's the point. I said, watch out for Channing Tindall and, and, and this 99 Jordan Davis coming yeah. in here. I was around those guys when they were watching our team get ready for the bowl game. And and I like their – not so much how they look, which they were overwhelming, but I like their demeanor. I like the fact that they would interact with me and talk to an old coach that was just trying to encourage them that, hey, you're going to have a really good shot here. Everything's ahead of us in Georgia, you know, blah, 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 and all that. Fast forward that to four years later, these two guys I talked to, that day at that when they were in here for the official visit among some others but i can say from a just experience standpoint personality wise the, the gleam in their eye not to mention their ability these two guys have got the it they've got the it because they are ready to rock i mean these guys right here I mean, fire me up. And and the other one, other two that fire me up are those two linebackers, uh, the one from Charlotte, from Salisbury and the oh, one from, Walker. And the one from uh, Chubb School up there. Washington. Same same idea there. I mean, uh, this kid from North Carolina, he, he looked me up because his dad, his high school coach, played with me. He said, Coach, he said, you're – you, you coached uh, – you played with uh, Coach Story and all that, and then his dad came over and took a picture with me. I mean, he I, I'm not trying to recruit the guy. He's already – he's here, but his dad walked all the way across and said, Coach, I want to get this picture and send it back to Coach Story. Now, you don't do that stuff unless you got class. I mean uh, – Jalen Walker is – he's a fan favorite right off the back. And, uh, and also the Washington uh, – the kid from Chubb School, I mean, he wanted to put – he, he, they couldn't let him practice that day. He was coming in three days, but he was out there doing the acting like going through the drill, hitting the form, doing it. And he's just standing there. And I said, What are you doing? He said, I'm just getting ready for Wednesday, coach. I'm going to be out here. So, I mean, you like stuff like it. And I hope people on the vent like to hear this because those are four stallions, those are four Kentucky Derby racing horses coming in here on our defense uh, that are going to be really good. I'm talking about really, really good. Uh, yeah. I want to add one more to that list, Coach. Uh, just a kid who, when you look at him, just you, you get that kind of feeling that this kid's going to be special. Dalen Everett. They, all, the, oh, yeah. uh, all the early enrollees were on a truck bed, so they got to be in the parade. It was kind of nice. It's like, hey, you signed early. You get to be in the parade. People were cheering. People knew who they were. So they were at the tail end of the uh, – excuse me, the procession, not the parade. And uh, people are calling right. out to him, and they're like, "Hey, bear!" You know, and bears waving to him, scrubs waving to people. You know, uh, that's awesome. Oscar Delp awesome. and uh, Gunner uh, were waving to people, and people wanted their autographs, stuff like that. But I tell you, that guy that just, just kind of just looking at him, I'm like, if you ever been to a pier and you look over the side and see a shark in the water, they will never. I'm just telling you. I'm, Who I'm, else was I'm, there? I'm Even beyond the, the new guys, Eric Gilbert. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was there. So and I'm just saying, and Roddy, our man Roddy broke that before he was even on the float. You, you said that he was back, and I said he was back. You yeah. looked into it. Hey, you looked into that one again. <laughs> I mean, well, you, you, you got to have those uh, two-hour lunches I, out at academia. And you learn stuff. I like. 
I like to, I mean, if I can ever get in, I don't, can't remember my password half the time, but once in a while I read, then you break some stuff that's pretty good there. Uh, I hope the fans like it, but I'm not going to tell you break much, but I don't even watch it. Here's you the even point. My report, so hush. Here's the point right now uh, for me is let's just get going there. We put this one to rest and let's go for, get the next one. Yeah. Greg Kendrick like, says, I, I want to thank you, Coach, and I hope you've taken time to pat yourself on the back because you and Coach Rick laid the path to winning this championship. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure Coach Rick did a lot more than I did, but I, and then Coach Goff did a lot too. only thing I tried to do was enhance the personnel here and try to develop them within the framework of what we had going there, being on probation. It's always hard to get the numbers up, but we were able to get that pretty quickly. So – uh, but you know, I just would have liked to have a chance to finish what it started, but uh, those things happen. I mean, you gotta, uh, I'm not that's that's the past, I can't what worry about it. I appreciate the guy, um, who, who was that? I appreciate him mentioning that. But you know, people ask me, how can you like people, how can you pull for Georgia and be around here and do all that stuff? I mean, why wouldn't I? I mean, I, I mean, I had one guy that shot me out but a lot of people back me and uh hey I've, I've i've always tried to be as straightforward as i could and then once kirby took over it was even easier because i had a little more access but uh i think it's good that all the coaches in any uh in any program uh, you know i talked to mike bellotti out there at oregon and and about uh, Dan Lanning before he was hired, because I know Mike has a voice there, and he he's really excited about Dan because uh, it, coming from somebody that he knows, it's a little easier than somebody on a you know a committee or something that or a, a search search agent or something like that. I mean, he he was glad to hear it. So uh, I think that's what you got to do as coaches: talk to your. Uh, I mean help you know there's alumni here that help me there's people help me with jobs there's a lot of stuff that we do behind the scenes try to help but the biggest thing that i try to do is just stay out of the way and they make sure to tell me hey don't 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 do these things and i, I stay out of the way but please but coach i think there's a lot of sentiment out there that uh, when they saw the picture of you and golf and Dooley, you know um uh, and Mark Rick, a lot of people just felt good. It's like, look, these guys could go anywhere, you know, and, and you know that there's only one of two um, futures for any head coach, retire or be fired, you know, get hired away somewhere else. You know, it's a, you, you leave the job. It's not a whole lot. It, it's a, it doesn't usually end in someone walking off into the sunset, you know, so they either get hired away, they get fired or they retire. Mm-hmm. And for all you guys to be here in town, be here in Athens, and every one of you rooting for the dogs, pulling for them, helping out. You know, I know that Kirby could reach out to any one of you and you'd be there in a minute. You talk Kirby. Kirby wins a title. You have to feel good as a mentor, you know, for that. And I just want to say on behalf of everybody, you know, we thank you for what you did. We thank you for your Appreciate help. it. It means a lot. So I know you 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 all hey, I blame I blame you. I blame you for be at the game. They told me that because I was media, I couldn't go. Uh, this is my fault. Yeah, it's completely my fault. And everything. That's, that's ridiculous, but it's okay. I, I wanted to be there, and I would enjoy being around Kirby at the end of the game, but not to the point where uh, it, it didn't didn't bother me that much. I do feel like anybody who's got almost 60,000 people watching watch a long show, I got to think we're bringing a little bit to the pro. To the program, I mean, it's unbelievable, Dane. Or is that a misprint or what? Facebook yeah. and everything. Yeah, it was a little over sixty thousand, all channels involved, and I uh, can't thank Oof. people enough. Subscribe to our channels and make that happen. But Roddy, I do need to even mention this too. It was so cool to be able to share that moment with Coach. I know he wanted uh, to, to be in Indianapolis and, and be part of that, but I got as a storyteller got to see the mentor witness the mentee reach the mountaintop and then at the same on the same day champ bailey gets announced as a college football famer that was awesome that was awesome and people said hey you didn't look too excited and everything when when those things happen i mean you know i'm not gonna jump up and act like 
some of these people on the these videos, which is good, you know. But uh, I, I, I was very proud. That was number one thing. I was very proud of uh, of our players, and I was so happy for Stetson in particular that you and I said on a break there that after that fumble, I mean, of all the things that could have happened right there, it just looked like we were trending back the other way. And that's what you got to be as an athlete or as a coach. You can't say, here we go again. You got to say, Hey, I got to take this shot. Cause if I don't, it, it never happened to me again. You know, I'm, I've, I've got to do it. And I think back all the national championship or big, big play things that I, involved with and we ran uh, you know we, we ran a play on the goal line against Penn State and I told the coach I didn't want to run it and I still don't want to run it it didn't work but I also ran some plays against Penn State years later when I'm at Oklahoma that I'm glad we ran them and we, we won so it was I got I say 1967 to 1985 I got revenge against Joe Pa. And he said, oh, I can't believe it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was crying after the game, but we got him. There you go. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for this week's show. We're going to have to run. We'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, join us then. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us early this week. We had some uh, time constraints for uh, – Blame me. It's my fault. I yeah, have jobs and things. I was trying to – Trying not to put throw you under the bus, but yeah, it's all Dane's fault. But anyway, we should be back to our normal schedule next Tuesday. Hit us up then. Be sure to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we went from I think seventeen thousand a few months ago. Now we're at twenty five thousand. It's the fastest growing UGA uh, website out there, uh, UGA channel out there, because of the content. So you got to check it out. So anyway, we'll see you next week. Everybody, take care. <laughs>